When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPNU, the ESPN app. Click more on the lower right-hand corner of the app. Scroll down to live radio. You are not tied to your radio or your car or anything like that. If you have a phone in your pocket, and you do, you have us on the go on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Key, J., good morning. What's cracking, man? You know what's cracking? No, it's cracking, no, Jay. What time is it? It's cracking, player. So I wake up this morning, <laughs> and, you know, we get texts. Did you, you hear with us? Of course you woke up. I, I get, I, you know, we get texts throughout. Like, our job never really ends. We have Zoom meetings at 3.30 right after I get off this just in, and that's not over till 4. Then, we, you know, we're back and forth all thinking ideas, tossing them around for the show. So this morning, I don't know, probably about 4.30 in the morning, I see a text, hey, you guys were doing on the plus side today. And, uh, Which means we have to pick our underdog. We have pick to pick our underdog. So I look at the NFL. I'm like, damn, a lot of buys this week. I don't like any of these underdogs. So we have an option of doing college football. And the information I was given <laughs> was that Georgia at home was getting eight points. I thought to myself, Laughable. as you guys but like Tennessee, I know the defense looked better recently, but that Georgia defense at home, uh, you're going to give me eight points whether or not they win. I'm taking that all day. No wonder I felt so good still, about that. I still don't know about that. I looked up the I odds. I don't know about someone that, Someone tweeted at me. Let me give this person credit. So, someone tweeted at me. Hendon Hooker in that offense is different, man. Maybe, but you're going to give me those kind of – would give you me- take the points? Plus eight. No, but it, but but Max is going somewhere here, Jay. You got to let him let him yeah. get there. And then so and he's just looking mind. it up online. So I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying to give. I'm trying to. I'm trying Google. to tell you. I'm trying to tell you the person who sent it to me. But anyway, well, here, here's the, it's the quickest way to say it. It's not plus eight. It's minus eight. It's and minus Max, eight. They're not getting Max, the points. Yeah. They're giving them. Oh wait, yeah. Alabama's minus eight. No, no, no Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee is minus eight. The Georgia Georgia's at, at home. home. Max Max had a little really? misinformation at 4:30 a.m. this oh. morning. That's yeah. all. He's trying to correct it, but you know Max is going instead of oh getting my. off at that exit. He made it so much at, more confusing. It, 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 you know, instead of getting off at that Here exit, he's going to keep going to the next exit and then come back around to get back off the exit. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Max Please, ain't going to take that the short the, way. Key, that is the best damn analogy I've heard about <laughs> Max. And I've ever heard before. Justin Lewis. That's who I was looking for. Justin Lewis <laughs> tweeted at me. Rather than just say, hey, I screwed it up. <laughs> it's supposed to be minus eight and plus eight. Max is getting ready to get you a hole. He's going to find it. He goes, oh, chapter, tra- chapter three. <laughs> yeah. It was a cold day. Wait, no. Justin Lewis, who's the head coach uh, at uh, Houston High no. School, tweeted at me. Thank you, Justin. No. I appreciate that. UGA is minus eight. Yeah, minus eight. You guys just said last time Tennessee is minus eight. By the way, you're going to give me no, the no, points? No, no. I'll take Georgia, Tennessee. Watch Georgia this. Georgia is minus eight Yes. Yeah, Georgia's, yes. Georgia's minus eight, eight point at favorites home. at home. Right, okay. so instead of plus yeah. eight. I can't so, about gambling. So, I'll tell you what, Shannon. Uh-huh. Change my pick. If Tennessee is getting eight points, I'll take the eight points for Tennessee. So now you're taking Tennessee. Well, because it's an eight point. If you're good, That game is a tough competitive game. Anyone you're going to give eight points, I'm going to take the points. So, let me get Tennessee. Tennessee, gonna, Tennessee yeah, they might win. Tennessee might. 
Tennessee going to swing something on them. Georgia got a good defense, but Tennessee's offense, man, they just prolific. All right, I so mean, they, they score quick. So you guys are both taking Tennessee. You, you'll take yeah, I'm Tennessee. You'll take Tennessee. No, I'm not, taking no, not the points. To, not to I'm win. not You're taking Tennessee win. to cover, Key. Are you taking Tennessee to cover? Well, I, they, yeah. they win, they cover. So yeah. Same yeah, yeah, they're gonna cover yeah. if they win, right? Ain't that what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. essentially, yeah. Of course, <laughs> Christian Hot. Well, yeah, if they're underdogs. I don't know why I asked that question. Uh, and you talking as to us as, about gambling? As soon as I, well, you, in the middle of me, in the middle of me asking, you I realized what I was asking. Well, because the damn spread has changed nine times with Max, so I got confused. With Max, one time before. Before Max moves on to baseball, yeah, he's going down the FDR, <laughs> and instead of crossing over who's and just going through Soho right to get now? to the West Side Highway, you can't he goes all the way around through Queens and comes back around. Through you the two still haven't stopped your car accusing me of doing that. You're all driving all around everywhere saying, Max, where are you going? All right. Christian Javier <laughs> and the bullpen guys in the World Series combine to no hit for, for a no-hitter to no-hit the Phillies for the Astros, and this was after it looked like the Phillies had momentum and they're a Cinderella team or this year and they're the team of destiny. Javier had the, held the Phillies in check over the first six innings. He threw 97 pitches, and then Brian Abreu and Rafael Montero and Ryan Presley threw one hitless inning each. Now, the only previous no-hitter in the World Series was Don Larson's famous perfect game in 1956 the only other postseason no-hitter, period, was Roy Halladay in 2010 in the NLCS. By the way, also at Citizens Bank Park against the Dusty Baker-managed Reds. Yeah, of, I forgot Dusty was a manager of the Reds. How yeah. did I forget that? Remember, what he made Araldis Chapman this closer. Reds, Reds, Giants, Astros, and am I missing somebody? Maybe uh, Cubs. Well, I was about to say, why do I feel like it was Chicago? Because it was, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, guys, here's Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, on having to bounce back after being no hit. And you can hear the question, too. Listen to this. I think it's the third time in history, right? Or second time in history. But anyway, um, you know, we were no hit earlier in the year in, in New York against the Mets. And we came back the next day and won. So these guys, they got a short memory. And they're going to go home tonight and gonna go to bed and come back in here tomorrow and prep and compete like they always do. Hey, Rob, even though you were on the wrong end of this, does the historical significance of it settle in? For me? I mean, the loss is the loss. That's the way I kind of look at it. So now you got. I love when reporters ask uh, historical significances, like in a loss. Yeah, right. The like, guy's in hey, the middle of like, a World like, Series. I, 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 yeah. I'm trying to win, like, that, not even a World Series, in a, in a game. Like, even in a regular season game, I'm like, yo, I lost. Like, what makes you think I want to stop and expound upon an historical moment in a loss? It doesn't, yeah, I yeah lost. we are the ones who got no hit. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. We lost. Yeah. Would you, I think here's part of the plan for uh, game uh, six for us. We'd like, uh, game five, we'd like to hit better <laughs> or at all. We'd like to get some hits. Uh, so now with two of the next three games in Houston, guys. Is it fair to say, Key, would you say the Astros are in control of the World Series, knotted up, they got two of the next three? This is why you got home field, right? Not necessarily because Philly took one in in Houston. Mm -hmm. So it's not like Philly, uh, they're afraid to go into Houston and win. Now, obviously, I'm a Dodger fan, and I don't like cheating Astros, but because Dusty Baker is the manager and he's had an opportunity to win one before and hadn't gotten it, I want to see him win it. So I've become 
and I'm not really an Astros fan. I've become a Dusty Baker fan, clearly, but he's on the Astros, so I'm hoping that they go ahead and, and take advantage of the opportunity being at home the next two or three. You notice how, like, the people around you can affect your rooting interests? Like, when, it, when it's not your team, it's hard. You can't really decide who you're rooting for. Sometimes I find myself on a plane going somewhere watching a game. I got no dog in the fight. But, but somehow I find myself rooting for one team or another. I couldn't even exactly tell you why, right? So going into this, though, I'd be, say I'd be rooting for the Phillies. I hate the Astros. They cheated the Yankees, all this stuff. And, but because of Pat Costello, who's a Phillies fan, I find myself, when the, Astro, when the Phillies pull ahead, rooting for the Astros somehow. Just well, so Pat will be happy. I want the Phillies to, to fall because of Pat. Right. I want them to lose. But, right. But, but I want right. Why is it, why is it Pat, to win? Yeah, but Alan, then yeah, yeah. But wait, Alan Yates what? is a Phillies fan too. To he hasn't been as obnoxious yeah, but about it. Yates is not as annoying yeah. as yeah, Pat. Yeah, but you have to Pat support the annoying. support the team. No, no you're but annoying you about the Dodgers. That, Max Jay. is obnoxious about the Yankees. No, but 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 like no, no. support no. each other. Yeah, but you can't choose to do it. Like here's the thing. I so the Astros then win now, right? Now even though I want Pat to be unhappy about the Phillies. Now I'm like, but damn, man, I really don't want the Astros to win. Now I feel like I'm rooting for the Phillies again. You know what I mean, Key? Like, I, I, don't, I just don't want anyone no, I, to win, I, I guess. The, I, I want Dusty Baker to win. Mm-hmm. With him winning, it means the Astros are going to win. So I'm going to take that. I'll just, whatever, because the Dodgers are not in it. But at least Dusty wins it. I don't want Pat and him winning anything. Yeah, Nothing. right. Zero. I need him to be miserable hate that guy, for as Pat. long as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want him. I want him. I want him so miserable. That's, that's, I want him to run horrible. into a wall and bump his head. Right. Jeez, and if Yates yeah. was chirping as much as Pat, trying to down Yankees players or Dodgers stuff, then we'd be rooting against Yates. But Yates has been pretty cool about this through the that's World because, Series. That's because he's not. He's not really a, a Phillies fan. He well, just, not he's just really chiming. I am not an avid. Hold on, James is chiming in now. I am not an now? avid baseball fan, but I rock with. I, my first parade was 08 in the for the Phillies. We we left school as a unit to go to the parade. I I think I think Yates was surprised that baseball was still happening up until this point. <laughs> Wait, there was a baseball game last night. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Me, meantime, James is a, you know I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan, but James, if there's someone on earth who could get me to root against Patrick Mahomes, you know, unless he's playing the Giants the most or something. Angry Patrick. Oh my almost God, angry G- Chiefs. Fan you could be of all saying time. something good about Patrick Mahomes, and James will jump in. Yeah, but rah, 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 like you I'm said just, something bad about him. I'm just I was angry. like, oh well, Josh Allen, look at. Of course he looked good. He looks good in the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> the World Series is great. It's a great point, Jay. <laughs> the World Series is on ESPN Radio, presented by AutoZone. Catch all the Game Five action tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Oh, oh, oh. You know what that means? Uh, Mel Kiper Jr., ESPN NFL mm-hmm. draft expert. What is going on, Mel? Hey, guys, it's going to be a fun weekend. A lot of prospects on display. I'm here, guys. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend watching Tennessee and Georgia with all those great prospects on the field. You have uh, Bryce Young as your third quarterback on the big board. Why is he third, Mel? 
You know, it's, it's really a, a three guys all bunched together. There, there's no really gap between the three. I put them all right there together. We're still early November. Got a long way to early April when I have to make the final call on who's QB one, two, and three. But, you know, Bryce Young's you know, 5'11 and a half with 185. Yeah. So we haven't had a quarterback small in stature go this high. But when you look at those three right now, it's, it's, it's too close to call. Will Levis, uh, C.J. Stroud, and, and Bryce Young all in the similar category grade-wise. And then you have Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, George and Will Anderson Jr., outside linebacker, Alabama, slightly ahead. Mel, why do I feel like Will Levis is a little more – and I know it's early, and we haven't broken down all the film, Mm -hmm. and we haven't gotten into the offseason and all those sort of things, but why do I feel like he's a little more pushed up than he should be? Just watching him against Tennessee, I walked away from that game saying there's no way he's a top-three quarterback. You can't worry about games in college, Key. I've found that over the I've always brought up Dante Culpepper against Auburn, Josh Allen against Iowa, Ben Roethlisberger against Iowa, Peyton Manning losing three games to Florida, Troy Aikman not beating Rodney Pete. College games are great, but it's not about the NFL. And it's not about, it's not going to define Will Levis. Will Levis against Mississippi State threw a pick six to Manuel Force, came back next drive, took him down to win the game, get it to score. In this game, they were just outclassed, outmanned. And that happened to Tennessee. They're a hot team. They got the best of them. Will Levis has been beat up all year. Uh, and, of course, he battled through a lot. But he's in an NFL system. He's got a big-time arm. He snaps it off, and he's mobile. So I think at the end of the day, Will Levis could very easily be the number one pick overall. Mel, if things continue to go south for the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett and they end up having one of those top picks where they could draft you know, one of these top QBs, do you think they should consider doing it? No. Uh, Kenny Pickett's 24. He's played through adversity now. This team needs some help on the O-line. they got, obviously, holes to fill. And Kenny Pickett, if you drafted, what do you know now that you're not – or what are you going to know at the end of the year that's going to determine whether you go another direction? You're not going to know enough. You know internally what he's capable of. On the field, you're going to see the inconsistency. He's a rookie quarterback. I don't care if he's 24, 28, 21. He's still a rookie in the National Football League despite all those games he played at Pitt. So for me, yes, they drafted Kenny Pickett because they really like him. He's shown flashes. Obviously, he's going to struggle, but right now, I think you move forward with Kenny Pickett and you pass on the quarterbacks and you try to fill one of those two or three key holes they have. On your big board right now, you have Bijan Robinson out of out of Texas, the running back, the first running back off the board in the top ten. Many people over the years, Mel, as you has astutely said, it doesn't really matter. Will shy away from taking a running back so high. Why do you have him in the top ten? Well, you grade players based on ability, not on philosophy, Key. So I would never take a running back in the first round unless you had to have that guy late in the first and the head coach wants him and, and you got to have him. Fine, late in the first round, maybe, but probably not for me. I would fight it tooth and nail. But uh, you grade him on ability. And B. John Robinson's a great running back. He can do it all. And uh, to me, he's going to go probably in the top 10. Would I take him? My philosophy is don't draft a running back in round one. But I'm not going to grade him as the 40th player because of philosophy. On, on ability, guys, he's a top 10 player, no question about it. You so, have f- go, go ahead, ahead Max. Go ahead, Key. No, no, go. No, I was going to say you have four wide receivers in the top 25. How close are these guys? Uh, you know, Jordan Addison, obviously, uh, high from uh, Tennessee. And then I can't say the last name. The, the Jagba, the Jagboo from Ohio State. Then obviously, uh, Johnston from TCU. How far of a separation are these guys? 
Not a lot, Key. Jordan Addison, we saw him at Pitt, what he did with Kenny Pickett. We see him now with Caleb Williams, obviously injured as well. But you think about Jackson Smith and Jigba, you mentioned him from Ohio State. He's been hurt all year. So I'm not be like, well, well, is that going to hurt him in the draft? He's been injured. You know, it's not going to kill him in the draft. He's still a first-round caliber player. He was right there with Olave and Garrett Wilson lighting it up. So uh, for me, Jackson Smith and Jigba's oh, you know, only not higher because of the injury. Quentin Johnson has come on. He's got the physicality to be a high pick, no question about that. So I think when you look at these receivers and you say, okay, how many will go in the first round? Jalen Hyatt right now is a guy I'd put there. People say, where did he come from? Watch Tennessee play with Hendon Hooker, and you see a guy who's got incredible speed, has dominated in every game. Nobody can cover this guy. Now, Brew McCoy helps out the USC transfer. They're getting Cedric Tillman back last week. He's had a real good start till he was injured. But I think Jalen Hyatt, when he runs and he tests out, in addition to the productivity, he's going to be way up there what, what what player should we keep our eye on mel that could climb up your big board uh before the season's over well, I think when you look at the O-line, Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia, going to see him against Tennessee. Byron, Byron Jones, you talk about coming off the edge. Byron Young is a guy, pass rusher from Tennessee. you got Broderick Jones from Georgia. So he's a guy that I think could climb because we're still looking for that elite tackle. Paris Johnson Jr. at Ohio State. you got Peter Skronsky at, at Northwestern, could be a guard. I think Broderick Jones, this Tennessee game, will, will tell us a lot about that. And then you think about the, the wide receiver position. Like I said, you got a lot of guys trying to climb up there. And you got those slot guys that are really good, Zay Flowers at Boston College and Josh Downs at North Carolina. But I think the, they've got the size and the physicality of a Quentin Johnston from TCU with Max Duggan really emerging. Quentin Johnston's the guy, Max, that could rise up. I said about talk about wide receiver one, who's going to be the first one off the board. Quentin Johnston, once he tests, and if he keeps putting those numbers up, he's going to be certainly in that mix. Okay, Mel, I just wrote that note down. I'm paying attention. I, I, I always know each and every year there are – quarterbacks that we fall in love with in particular this year there's some stud quarterbacks out there but will anderson of alabama is a stud too Uh, you have him at the top of your big board would you take him over any of the top qbs if you need a quarterback jay you take the quarterback okay over either jalen carter from georgia i think could be ahead of will anderson by the time we get to late april Mm. in terms of the defensive line and the prospects other than quarterbacks but i think you take the quarterback if you need the quarterback over will anderson jr i love the kid love everything about him but tennessee neutralized him we'll see what happens coming down in these bigger games as we move forward these huge games that obviously are going to determine a lot uh moving forward but you look at will anderson jr he's not miles garrett he's not von miller he doesn't have that explosiveness doesn't have that bend is he a heck of a player He's going to have a really nice career in the NFL. Yes. Is he special like those guys were coming off and, and unique? No, he's not. So I think it's going to be the quarterbacks that go high. They could go one, two, three. I think Jalen Carter could go ahead of Will Anderson Jr. by the time we get to late April. So is he a heck of a player? Yes. Is he guaranteed to be the number one pick overall, number two pick overall? No, he is not. Mill, evaluating these college players is always tough. I did several years with you on the draft in mm-hmm. trying to figure who goes where and what and mm-hmm. all these sort of things. Having the evaluation of Zach Wilson a year ago and watching him come out of BYU and looking at some of the things that he did in college, I didn't think he was worthy of the number two pick. I think the New York Jets, Jets reach for him at that particular time. I thought that maybe you do a Justin Fields in that situation. That didn't happen. Is he still a franchise quarterback for the New York Jets, or is it too early to even get a, be able to tell what he is? Still early. Uh, he's going through that growth and not having Vera Tucker now and not having Brees Hall is going to affect 
him. There's no question about it. He's got to stay, stop obviously making unwarranted throws or trying to drill into him. Hey, protect the football. That's the key to the National Football League. They always say, you know, win games, you'll lose them. And he, he's creating some losses there with his bad decision-making. But, you know, we saw Josh Allen do some things, throwing across the field, making some questionable throws. He's still very young. And unfortunately, with Vera Tucker and Brees Hall not there, uh, that affects him. But I think it's still too early to say he's not a franchise quarterback. Obviously, this Buffalo game this week is going to be huge to see. Can they compete at least? Can they compete with Buffalo? And can he hold his own? Does he look overmatched there against Leslie Frazier's defense against Josh Allen on that same field. So I think the jury's still out, obviously, on uh, a guy like Zach Wilson. I'm with you. I would have taken Justin Fields. He was my second highest rated quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence that year. So however you have him rated, you obviously you get more information. You know, at the time, you get more information since then, Mel, right? If you had to redraft mm-hmm. the top five quarterbacks out of that class, how would you have them? I'd still have Lawrence one and, and Fields two. Uh, I think they're right there. I think you look at where we don't know Trey Lance yet, obviously, with the injury. We'll see what he's kind of always was the wild card coming out of North Dakota State, not playing. I only had that one year, that final campaign against Central Arkansas. He was always kind of the X-factor quarterback that we didn't know what he would be. And he was a guy you take a chance on based on the talent and the potential. Mac Jones, solid. We knew what he would be. He'd be okay, decent to good in that area. But I think I'd still have a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields one. Too. And what about Zach Wilson and Trey Lance? You'd have, would you, like, where was Trey Lance fall? Three, Zach Wilson, four, Mac Jones, five, like that? Yeah, that's what uh, you basically have to live by what you had, Max. I, you can't adjust it yeah. on the fly. You can say, well, would I adjust it much now based on so early in their careers? And, and they're, what they're dealing with there, New England with the offensive talent around Mac Jones, and now they bring in Zappi. Think about what Justin Fields is dealing with in Chicago. Not a lot of talent around him. They just added the receiver. Yeah, Trevor's going through some growing pains as well. He really hasn't. To me, I guess he's been the disappointment. Up until this point, I thought we would see Trevor Lawrence take his game to a higher level than he has right now. I, w- I thought we would see him be really become a guy we were excited about. And I don't feel that way right now about Trevor Lawrence. I, and I thought he would be a, one of those guys that want to have my all-time highest grades with quarterbacks, one of the top four, top five. I thought he would be better right now than he is. So if you say who's the most disappointing, it would be Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Justin Fields, a lot of people say he's exceeded expectations for Key and I. He has not. We had him the second highest rated quarterback. Yeah, and Mel, when we talk about Justin Fields and Ohio State quarterbacks, for instance, they come out every single year and they get pushed down and negativity comes out about their reading of the defenses and this and that. We always hear about it. Does C.J. Stroud, will he get some of that, you think? Will that will he fall into that category? I think Justin Fields is going to help him. People say, well, look at those Ohio State. Well, look at Justin Fields. He's adapting. He's out there athletically making plays, you know, creating when nothing's there, showing the talent to say, I'm the best quarterback in that class. Some feel right now he is right now based on what we see on the field. The best quarterback coming out that year was Justin Fields. So C.J. Stroud to me, and we've seen Stroud, Young, and Levis all bounce back from bad things happening to them on the field. Throw a pick, no big deal. They got a short memory. All three are big time. Obviously, when you think about Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. is spectacular. When Smith and Jigba gets healthy, Abuka, they got all kinds of Fleming. They got all these receivers. They got the running game. They got the O-line with Weipler at center and Johnson and Dewan Jones and Matthew Jones. They're loaded around them. I get all that. But it's, it's the quarterback's fault that there's so much talent around them? Is it the quarterback's fault? Is it Ohio State's is going to win all the time? No, but I think Fields' development 
will help C.J. Stroud. If the Fields wasn't showing promise, that's what they would say. Oh, we got to move C.J. Stroud down. Nobody's going to say that now because of Justin Fields. That is Mel Kuyper Jr., ladies and gentlemen, ESPN NFL draft expert, of course. Mel, great to hear from you as always. Yeah, Mel tricked him for me. A lot of fun, guys. Enjoy the weekend, guys. It's going to be fun. You too. Tune in for college football action Saturday night as LSU hosts Alabama, presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So after getting no hit in Game 4, what should we expect from the Phillies in Game 5? Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. And the pitch is swinging to miss. A fastball up, and Christian Javier strikes out the side. And it's strike three called. A fastball at the knees, and that is five consecutive strikeouts for Christian Javier. And the 3-2 is swung on and hit to short. Pena up with it, and that is six hitless innings for Christian Javier. You know, he was electric. He threw the ball up, down, and that shows you that the best pitch in baseball is still a well-located fastball. Keyshawn, J. Max on ESPN Radio. Game 5 in Philly will be a hot ticket tonight. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seat Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB insider and host of Baseball Tonight podcast. What it is right now, Buster? What's going on, guys? So the thing about baseball, Buster, is – and you often hear this in baseball circles, right? Another 30 franchises, 162 games a year. It's been going on for 120-plus years. And yet you constantly see things you've never seen before, right, somehow. The Astros combined to no-hit the Phillies last night. What was it like witnessing World Series history? It was a complete shocker after what we saw in Game 3, where the Phillies hit all those home runs, the crowd completely took over the place. And I must say that, yes, uh, you know, a no hit, combined no-hitter is not the same as a one person throwing a no-hitter. 
you know, it's not the same as what Roy Halladay did here a decade ago. Uh, you know, for me, you know, having seen no hitters by David Wells and David Cohn and Jake Arrieta, it's just a different feat. But the pitching domination of the the Phillies lineup from beginning to end by the Astros pitcher, starting with Christian Javier, was the most dominant performance I've ever seen. Uh, there was no chance for the Phillies hitters. You know, in every no-hitter, it always seems like there's one or two plays that are made. You know, an outfielder running a ball down the gap, a shortstop making a great play. Guys, there was nothing. There was no chance. And to see the Phillies lineup go from this team that just seemed to be uh, unstoppable the night before, hitting the ball in the seats, to being completely helpless against that Houston pitching last night was remarkable. Buster, you just talked about the pitching last night and the, the, the way that they pitched a no-hitter from the bullpen down to Javier. But let's just focus in on Javier for those six innings. How amazing yeah. was the six innings? How great was he for those six innings? Uh, he was in complete command. Uh, you know, before the game, Dusty Baker talked about how uh, Javier has what he referred to again and again as an invisible fastball. Because, guys, you know, he throws 93, 94 miles per hour in this era. That feels really pedestrian. You know, ranked 30th out of 72 starters with at least 140 innings. But because of the nature of his delivery, it was clear that hitters just don't pick up the ball. And I was during the game, I was texting back and forth with a couple of managers uh, in the big leagues and saying, why is it that hitters can't see the ball? And they talked about how it, his tempo of his delivery, uh, how he's so slow at the outset, so calm, under control, and then halfway through his delivery, his arm just explodes as he releases the ball toward home plate. And he's got a bit of a crossfire thing going on where he's, he's set up on the first side of the rubber. Hitters don't really pick up the ball uh, you know, at the outset or even after it heads toward home plate, which is why even when they make contact, it's always late. It's why you saw so many pop-ups last night. They just can't see the ball. And, and most of the time when he threw the ball at the top of the strike zone, uh, they were swinging underneath it, and he was striking everybody out or getting a lot of weak contact. We are joined by ESPN MLB insider and host of Baseball Tonight's podcast, Buster Only here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Buster, it, is it safe to say that, you know, in sports you never get too high, you never get too low, especially when you're in a championship series like this. <laughs> but considering the shutout last night and with Justin Verlander on the mound for game five, is it safe to say that the Astros have the momentum heading into the next game? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I asked Christian Vasquez that very question, Jay, after the game. You know, he last night became the first catcher to, to catch a no-hitter since Yogi Berra in 1956. Mm. And I could just see the look in his face as they asked the question where he was like, yeah, dork, okay. There ain't no momentum in this World Series. <laughs> you know, he, the, the, the veteran looked like, I'm not going to answer that question because the night before, we we saw that incredible, uh, you know, the, the strength of, of, of the Phillies and, and the Citizens Bank Park, and that totally <laughs> was stopped last night. And tonight, uh, you know, with a couple swings of that, maybe it starts to go back the other way. And, and, you know, look, I've covered a lot of different types of sports. Baseball players, I feel like, turn the page as well as anybody, which is why last night when Kyle Schwarber 
was asked by reporters about uh, you guys, you know, the historic nature of this. You're the second team to be no hit in the World Series. And Kyle's response, and he is as down to earth and as genuine as anybody I've covered in baseball, looked at the reporter and said, I don't give a crap. Uh, you know, it's like it, it, that's just how players think. So I think right now there's no momentum. I do think among all the players in this game tonight, there's more pressure on Justin Verlander than anybody because he's a you know a, a absolute lock, first ballot Hall of Famer, and he has this difficult you know tough ugly history in the World Series, and so I think there's he's going to be riding having a lot on his shoulders as he takes the mound tonight. Buster, I got about sixty seconds. I want to ask you this question because I got a different feeling on it. If the Phillies win the World Series, is Bryce Harper the new face of baseball? Uh, either he or Shohei Otani. Key, uh, I think you know Otani because of the unusual nature of what he does. But Bryce has ascended to now a place with his uh, performance in this postseason that I think everyone was projecting for him when he's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old. Uh, with the absolute domination, and you can tell by the way that he's handling it, it feels like that he, you know he's put everything together, and he is now where he believes that he could get to, and uh, you know where he feels like he should be. Buster Olney, ESPN MLB Insider, host of Baseball Tonight podcast. Thank you, Buster, as always. All right, Max. Thanks, guys. All right, Buster. By the way, not just us guys. People, is Bryce Harper, this is the stage. Is he the new face of baseball? The World Series, or finally is he the face of baseball, is on ESPN Radio. Catch Game 5 tonight. Will the face of baseball hit another home run? 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80 coming up. Dan Snyder has hired a firm to consider potential commander's sale. Should the NFL use the opportunity to make a push to have an African-American majority owner in Washington? From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Media. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Jay, um, Kyrie Irving and the Nets pledge each a, a half a million dollars to end uh, to eat to, to anti hate causes. Um, do we have that quote, Shannon, that we could put up on the screen? I'll read it for you. Um, I, I got to tell you before I read the quote, Jay. Kyrie, take. I need an apology, right? I don't know why 
exactly he posted what he posted. But if you take responsibility for it, say, hey, this is where I'm coming from. I did not mean to offend people and hurt anybody. I am now, because of that, going to give you a half a million bucks and have the team match it. Listen to this. Here's the quote. As part of a joint statement with the Nets and the Anti-Defamation League, Kyrie took responsibility for the, quote, negative impact his controversial social media post has had toward the Jewish community and said he opposes, quote, all forms of hatred and oppression. The statement came six days after Irving tweeted about a book and movie that featured anti-Semitic tropes. The four days and four days after he defended that post in a news conference with media. Quote, I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles, he said in a statement. In addition to the financial pledge, Kyrie and the Nets said they will work with the ADL in, that's the Anti-Defamation League, a civil rights organization, quote, in an effort to develop educational programming that is inclusive and will comprehensively combat all forms of anti-Semitism and bigotry, end quote. So, Jay. I think it's important for me to get your opinion on this first, Max. Because you're, yeah, yeah. you're I, Jewish, I, I, I would like to hear your opinion. Sure, first. I'll tell you. You turn the page now. He, you know, basically what that umbrella statement means is like, look, what maybe I didn't vet it closely enough. Maybe there are, there are things in it that I like, but given the overall nature of the of the beast, I should have left it alone. Um, whatever it is, let me just say an overarching thing. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't have anything against anybody as a group. I, 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 I don't like hate speech. I want people to be tolerant. As long as that's where you're, you're coming from, I'm good. On top of that, they're, they're giving a million dollars to like aid you know, uh, um, in, in, the, in, the, in the cause. I'm good. It's time to turn the page now. That's how I feel about it. And he says I take responsibility. I don't know what else. He can't, you can't go build a time machine and undo something. This is what you can do. Yeah, I, I, I like the quote. Um, I think he said the right thing. I wish he would have said it sooner, frankly, because I frankly knew that was his intention. Like, I got the gist of what he was doing for. There's still some more to unpack there. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that the next additional content. How about that, Max? Wow, wow, wow. And by the way, not only is there more to unpack there, I'm sure, but then you just got to wait for the next controversy to come down the pike, right? Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Guys, Daniel Snyder has hired a firm to consider a potential sale of his 
Washington football team now called the Commanders. They are worth an estimated $5.6 billion, according to Forbes, figure that ranks sixth amongst, among the uh, NFL's 32 teams. By the way, Key and Jay, and you, we all know this, whenever Forbes says the valuation of a team, it's always more than that, right? Forbes will say, oh, this team is worth $3 billion. They sell for five, right? So if Forbes is pitting it or pinning $5.6 billion or estimating – I'm assuming it's minimum $6 billion franchise at any rate. Yeah, when they're doing the evaluation on it, I'm, I'm wonder if they're uh, putting this new stadium in. Probably mm-hmm. not. Probably not, right? So if they're not putting a new stadium attached to that, that number certainly goes up because they're going to get a new stadium somewhere in the area. Um, Remember when the Clippers but, key were valued at like a billion and sold for two and a half, something like yeah, that, he right? Overpaid though, yeah, he okay. overpaid. No, no, he he just I mean he got Bomber had the money, so he just said here, take it. I don't, I just yeah, maybe at a certain number, not every you know you start to limp, whittle the pool down if of potential this is, buyers. If this is if this is what do you say five point six? This will be a this will be a six and a half to seven right, billion that's what I'm dollar sale. Too. According yeah, to ESPN's Don yeah, Van Nata Jr., the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia opened a criminal investigation into allegations that the commanders engaged in financial improprieties. A probe that was triggered by a letter to the House Committee on Oversight and Reform sent to the Federal Trade Commission and several attorneys general in April that alleged deceptive business practices by the team sources said, guys, should the NFL use this whole thing as an opportunity to make a push to have a black majority owner, an African-American majority owner in Washington? Jay, you was going to say something. Well, I was going to say something quick before we, we got into that. I was just going to say the NFL is the best investment of all time, man. In any other public <laughs> sector, dog key, like you do something absurd, like your stock value goes down, you lose money. Like the NFL and the NBA are like places where like but these this guys. Really is not a public sector though. I know that's I, they're a private sector exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's one of the only places where you get rewarded for being an idiot. For, yeah, for, because you have to. You're, you're forced to sell your property, but at market value. <laughs> market well, you value. Would, you like would, for all the things that have been done, like that Daniel Snyder has done or encouraged or enabled. He's you getting rewarded. Sports, oh, he's rich though, when he bought him. You mean he's professional rich now because of it. You what? Professional, I'm saying you mean professional sports, sports. in general. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not just the NFL because look at look at what's going on in Phoenix. Robert Sauber, yeah. Donald you know, Sterling. It, it, Donald Sterling, yeah. You're gonna, but the whole point of it is you invest the money early. It only grows. It, no, no, well, at least in our time of living – no league, the three big leagues suffer, right? They they all whether it's Major League Baseball, basketball, make money NFL, when you sell your team. They continue to grow. You make money when you sell. And this your is team. still America. <clears throat> pardon, this is still America, and they, you can't have your conf- you're, you're you're not supposed to have your property confiscated without compensation, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> Look, here here's what I would say. The initial question by Max was: Should the NFL take this opportunity to look at uh, a majority African American black? owner running the thing not just a guy who gives him a little chips gets a box seats and gets some tickets to the game and stand on the sideline shake some hands take some pictures and get a super bowl ring and get to fly first class on the plane no we're not looking for that we're looking to run the whole thing the buck stops here is what we're looking for we thought maybe we had an opportunity in denver that didn't go over well many years ago we thought we would have an opportunity in minnesota that didn't go well and there's been a couple other cases along the way. I think this is a perfect opportunity. It fits. 
the city fits, the demographics fit, all of what we've gone through fit, and we actually have people in the African-American community may not have the $7 billion that it might take to just stroke one check like the Waltons or stroke one check like Stan Kroenke. Not, we may not have that. But other owners have purchased teams along the way through all sorts of programs and partnerships with other minority owners that have given them the opportunity to own a team and become the majority. But they aren't black. So now it's time for the NFL and Roger Goodell and company and the other 31 owners to say, you know what? It's that time. And this is the perfect situation. It really, truly is. And I hope that they really dive into it with that type of mindset. Should the NFL use this opportunity to make a push to have a black majority owner in Washington? You're damn right they should, but they won't. They won't. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, I, I don't Let's know if they real won't, key. Jay. There, there won't I don't be know an, if they won't. key. There won't be an internal push to oh, have. I can't say that. I'm going to say it. You may not be able to say it. I'm going to say it. I, 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 I do think there are people that are more liquid that will be in place, that they will see that will be additive for the business of the NFL, in particular Jeff Bezos or someone like that, more so than having an initiative to bring in somebody who is African-American. Let's just call for what it is. Now, if they do key, I will stand up on our show. I will applaud the NFL. I will applaud them for actually standing by creating opportunities for a more diverse ownership. Well, but if you're really, asking me the probability of me thinking it happened, I think it's zero. Well, it's really, it's zero? really, it's really the yes. Snyder family who it starts with, right? Okay. Because it's their team. Mm-hmm. And they have to accept somebody's proposal and then take it to management council or, or – the council with the NFL and the owners that sign off on somebody being approved. I do believe, though, because of the awareness that's out there now, even more now, and you have people like Magic Johnson looking at getting a piece of the Las Vegas Raiders right now. You have Byron a piece, Allen. Who, key. A piece. Huh? A piece. Well, no, because the Raiders aren't for sale. Yeah, I but understand. But I'm saying he's looking at getting a piece so what I was going to say is you have somebody like Byron Allen who had an opportunity to try to go get the Denver Broncos, but whatever happened in Denver happened in Denver. He wound up not getting it. They didn't accept his bid. When you got people actively trying to do it, I think it's a little bit of a different day now than it might have been several months ago, several years ago. Um, because of the awareness, people. I, I think it, I think it is aesthetically it. key. I think it is optically, internally, in some of those rooms with those big boy billionaire clubs. I don't think it is. The, and, the and I think it's also the right what they perceive <laughs> as the right <laughs> billionaire money Go coming in say, from yeah. the black community. What they perceive the, as the right black person with billionaire money because they ain't you know. It, because we can get we can get some of our entertainment and our hip hop people together, but they ain't, they don't want that. This they, issue they don't want that. highlights the you know economic inequity in this country based on the country's original sin. This is it, it, like the, there's no quick fix here. The fact is that there is that poverty is disproportionate in this country. There are fewer, even as a percentage of the population, black billionaires, etc., because. Th- the, the the forget about the moral crime, but the the economic crime has never been truly redressed. Right. It's ne- there have never been 
It's never been repaired. There have never been reparations. Yeah, they, can't make, they can't make that and decision that's, based on that's, that, That's a much, much bigger mm-hmm. issue than the NFL. But what the NFL can do is contribute in some small way by pushing for an African-American majority owner in this case. And time will tell. We'll see if they do. Jets or Giants, which organization is better set up? From your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.